0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Ready to go? All
1: right. Everybody ready to get this kicked off here? This is singles and essay dating. As we said, it's not dating in the essay program, but it's uh, dating in recovery. And I am Rob and I'm a recovering sexaholic. And uh, when I was asked to do this, actually, I kind of felt a little inadequate. Uh, I haven't done a whole bunch of dating as far as various people, but I guess I've dated one person for... Well, this weekend, it'll be two years since we've been dating, minus a five-month hiatus. So. <laughs> Actually, this time last year, we had just broken up for about five months. So, um, But uh, I came into the fellowship in 1996, and uh, I heard people saying, uh, you know, wait a year until you start dating. And uh, for me, I grew up very insecure with dating at all. Um, had a very hard time approaching women, just had a very low self-esteem. Uh, and so a year was not a problem. In fact, I went four years, and then my sponsor finally uh, basically had to force me to start dating. He said, you know, it's time. You had to go. You're dragging your feet. <coughs> and um, in fact, one thing that really pissed me off, but one thing he finally said, uh, he said, you're not allowed to call me back until you ask this person out for a date. You know, and it, And it really triggered a lot of emotional stuff for me. Um, but it got, it got me to do it. And, um, and I had a few people, friends of mine set me up on blind dates and, uh, uh, there were good dating experiences as far as uh, learning how to relate with people. But, uh, you know, one of them was, uh, friend of mine's had this uh, girl from the Ukraine come in, didn't speak a lick of English. And, um, uh, and they had some other friends from Russia, and they, they figured that I ought to, you know, go take her out for coffee, even though we can't speak English. And uh, their other Russian friend um, was already sold on the fact that I was going to marry this woman. And uh, he was trying to get me to go out with her, and I thought, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, I had another one where somebody set me up, and... um I was going to meet somebody. I didn't know what she looked like. She described herself. A, and I saw her at a distance, and she had bright red hair and tattoos on, across her neck, and she was smoking and doing, you know, which is nothing wrong with all those, except if anybody knows me. personally, that's just kind of not my style, you know. And so my first reaction was, well, I won't even show up. I'll just, you know. <laughs> but I stopped myself and said, this is going to be a good experience for me, you know. Um, for me, what it involved was... Um, Learning how just to relate to people, you know, um, all my life I desired to have that one person that I can just really be connected with, um, just kind of share intimate conversation and so forth. And I really I found a, a lot of that in this fellowship, and um, and that was meeting a lot of that um, intimacy need that I really needed. Um, and <clears throat> for me, it really came to a point where I finally was okay with being single. Um, I kind of liked it. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, and quite honestly, it's, it's a lot easier doing recovery when I'm by myself mm-hmm. because I don't have to worry about what somebody else is thinking, um, worry about their time, and all that stuff. Um, and so, really, um, for, for myself, it, it it happened for me when I was, and I decided that I was happy with being with being single, and that would be okay. Um, and and The woman I'm dating now, actually, we were friends for about two years, um, and she kind of jokes around with me that it took me forever to actually ask her out, but, um, you know, it's it's been a great growth experience as far as recovery. Um, I waited probably about three or four months before I shared any of, um, essay things with her, but, uh, um, you know, she didn't understand a lot of it, so to speak, um, and in fact, I invited her to come this weekend, but uh, um, and I understand she's just not ready to to be exposed to it to this degree. But uh, she says something, you know, I'm not ready for it to be our problem, you know, and um, uh, which I can totally understand because if I wouldn't understand about this disease, then I would feel the same way. But uh, but the great thing is that I'm able to share it with her, regardless of how much she understands. Um, and uh, and so we've been dating about about two years this this weekend, and. Um, actually just last weekend, it was funny when they asked me to do this, it was like in the middle of this kind of, uh, struggles and, and things that I've been having going on in my mind. Cause I, I realized, um, like my spiritual life had kind of been on a decline. And so last week I kind of had the, this aha moment where I realized in my head, I was thinking more about relationships, more about marriage, more about my girlfriend than I was about God and recovery and all that stuff. And I thought, wow. I'm spending more energy pursuing marriage than I am pursuing my recovery. And the ironic thing is, without recovery, I didn't have any of that stuff. And so, really, what's the most important thing there? It's my recovery and my connection with God. And so, um, I'm really grateful to have had that kind of aha moment without having a major uh, crash and burn, so to speak. You know, Um, And so, today, I'm trying to focus on um, my recovery, my connection with God, um, because without that, really, I, I, there's no way I can have a healthy relationship. So, um, but, uh, for me, it, it really worked to do a lot of group activities first. Um, since I wasn't really good at approaching and asking people out on individual dates. Um, and it, and it worked with the fellowship, you know, um, a lot of folks go out to dinner afterwards. Um, that was great for me, you know, cause a lot of times it'd be, uh, guys and girls going out together. And so I got to interact um, with females you know and even outside of the actual meeting spaces and talk about this life and stuff and it wasn't like a date and I wasn't you know worried about whether I have to you know am I supposed to pay for a meal am I supposed to open the door you know I mean it wasn't any of that stuff it's just kind of hanging out and really that's what uh, what dating is it's just you know it's relating to somebody and it's just this one person that I've chosen to uh, kind of commit to really share intimately with um, so that's kind of as a brief um overview of kind of my 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 dating scenario so to speak and i think amy's going to do a little bit of the same and then really we just want to share briefly with that and then allow you folks if you have any questions or comments or share your stuff um we just kind of have a little discussion thing going on but uh and if you guys don't have any questions i'm sure we can figure out something to say so um, <laughs> So anyway, I'll, I'll let Amy go ahead and share some of that.
2: Thanks, Ron. I'm Amy, recovering sexaholic. Um, I've been in recovery for over almost six years. In June, it'll be six years. Um, when I actually agreed to this um, panel discussion, I didn't really realize that that means I would be speaking to other people. So as recovery taught me, I'll sort of leave with my weakest weakness and say that, you know, I'm just a little nervous because um, public speaking or speaking in front of people is just not um, my, in my comfort zone, let me say. Um, but I will also say that it is a testament to my recovery because today I am not quite that self-absorbed into myself to think that I'm you don't have to worry so much about that. Um, let's see. When I, I will say I was in recovery for three years. I've been married for almost three years. I've got a 15-month-old and a baby due at the end of August. Um so I guess my husband even said, Well honey, when I was telling my that I was asked to do this, he said, Are you kinda one of the success, you know, stories? And I never thought about that. But I'm like, Well, I mean in a way. But whether I'd have gotten married or not, my recovery was a success, um, for me. And uh, as I was thinking about it today too, about what to share, um, and reflecting back on that first year of recovery, I can just say that I'm so grateful. That I'm not doing it over again, and then I'm there, um, and it was well. The growth, I guess, and the changes, and the pain, and the grief. Um, I can remember when I didn't really think I would survive it, and um, and then I'm grateful for the, all the support of the program that I am here today. Um, so when I first got into recovery, I mean, dating was a drug for me, and. Um, to think about not dating for
3: a year, <laughs> oh, no,
2: that was not an option, you know. So for me, I could, six months didn't sound quite so bad. So at first I was like, okay, well, I can agree to not date for six months. And um, and sometimes it would be like even for five minutes. <laughs> it would be, i can just not for five minutes. It'll be okay, but it was just one of the things that I used besides attention from men. Um, and part of my dating included um, kind of manipulating situations to get guys to ask me out. And so in my recovery, that was one of the things that I was not, you know, able to do, and had to just really sit back and trust that at the right time I would be asked out, and that things would um, kind of happen. So anyway, six months after six months, it was actually a lot easier to say okay. Six months later, because what I had always used to fill that void, um, the void inside, I guess, with dating, was being replaced by the relationships that I was making in this program and by being able to go to meetings and go out to eat afterwards and just having that fellowship. um, One of the things that was also suggested to me in not dating was that as a woman that I uh, really work on my relationships with other women first before I ever thought about working on my relationships with other men and um, that was terrifying to me at first, because women were sort of always competition, and they were scary to me, and I really, truly felt more comfortable um, being around guys, which was kind of funny then, because after I got in a same recovery, I felt a whole lot more comfortable being around women, and got really nervous again about being around, around guys. Um, so anyway, like I said, six months turned into a year, and then I thought, whew, I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I can go out now. But like I said, part of that for me was waiting for the opportunity to come to me and to actually be asked out without me manipulating situations and um, flirting and listing and being all cutesy and the tricks that
4: I knew to do in order to get the attention that I felt that I needed
2: to kind of fill that void. And so I waited, and I was ready, and nothing happened. And nothing happened and nothing happened and nothing happened. And uh, at first it was really hard because I had gotten in my head after a year, you know, okay, I'll start dating. And and really one of the reasons that I got into recovery, um, I'd been in some counseling before, um, was to get married and have kids. I really thought that was one way that I could maybe healthfully do that, and so I won't say that my motives were absolutely pure, which I've also been told that they never really are (laughs) in this program, I didn't get in this program to get sober and to heal, and um, I got in this program so that I could get married someday and have kids, because that's what I really thought I wanted, and the gift of, I guess, letting go of that eventually was that it did happen for me, Um, so anyway, a year turned into another year. It had been two years, Um, but the truth was, during that second year, I was able also to let go of wanting to date, even. I had such a full life with the women that I had met, and with my friends, and with work, that it was really okay, and had just started to kind of come to the... um, conclusion or realization that if if I didn't ever date again or get married, that that was okay because the
4: higher power that I believed
2: in, I truly felt, um, would satisfy those desires of my heart or change them for me, so, anyway, and then once I let go, it was kind of like all of a sudden, people started coming into my life, and, um, and it was, anyway, the, the guy that I actually married to today, I met at work. And, uh, I'd seen him around work for about six months. And kind of had the same thought, I guess, that, is he ever going to ask me out or is he not going to ask me out, you know? But I had to let it go. Every time I'd see him, I'd think, yeah, you know, he's a nice guy and I like this guy. And, um, I'd known him for probably four or five years at work, but he works with the construction company at the hospital that I work at and so that was kind of there and then i would run into um a guy at the grocery store that i'd met through church you know like three or four times and i would literally leave the grocery store and obsess for like 30 minutes until i made a phone call you can ask out? Yeah, is this the guy should i go out with him you know uh, 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 uh. Okay, okay okay calm down make a phone call and i can tell you after not obsessing the thought of getting back into obsession with dating was not appealing to me. And there was a part of me that's like, I don't even want to do it. You know, <laughs> I don't miss those days. Um, and then there was a guy that I had um, would run into at the hair, the girl that cut my, cuts my hair. He would be there like before me for an appointment or after me for an appointment And I did the same thing. I'd leave thinking, okay, I've run into him twice now. What does that mean? You know, he seems like a nice guy. And um, anyway, call my sponsor and work through that. And, um, so finally, the guy that I am married to today, um, asked me out. And, uh, Sometimes we have to talk about concerts, and he's like, well, you know, I can get into Starwood for free. Is there a concert you'd like to go to? Well, I had picked one I would really wanted to go to, but it wasn't for like three months, and I didn't know that, which was actually okay with me because once the prospect of actually going out on a date just felt huge. <laughs> it to me way too big. So anyway, he came back to me a couple of weeks later, which is another new thing for me. Um, and I was thinking about the difference in our relationship and the way we dated compared to my dating before recovery. I would have a first date and then the next day I almost feel like I was married, you know, or and just fly through that relationship until so like after a week, you know, we'd practically be living together. And so it was really different to be dating someone who would only call me like once a week. And we'd only go out once on the weekend, not the whole weekend, you know. So it was different, and it was also exciting because it was different. And, um, let's see, what was I? Oh, anyway, so he came back to me about a week later, and he said, you know, that concert's not for about three months. Would you like to go to dinner before that? And I said, sure, yeah. So I was all nervous, you know, because now I had my first date, you know, my official date in recovery, and called my sponsor and talked to her about it. And, um... The funny thing was, or a funny thing, was that I found out um, just through another co-worker that, um, that he smoked, and I'm allergic to smoke, and I instantly thought, I can't marry this guy. This is going to go nowhere. I can't even go out with him. I can't marry him. I can't go out with him. I can't marry him because he smokes, and I'm allergic, and that'll just never work. So I called up my sponsor, and I was telling her this. I said, I don't really think i got to go out with this guy, you know, and she said, why me? what what are your plans? And um, I said, well, we were going to go out. And this was at the time to a concert. And she's like, was well, it indoors or is it outdoors? I said, well, it's going to be outdoors. And she said, okay. I said, well, what am I going to do? I can't marry this guy because he smokes. and I'm not allergic. And she's like, you're going to go to the concert. <laughs> so I had never even, you know, mentally just dated someone. It had always gone from, is he a potential marriage partner kind of thing in my head. So I hadn't let go of that. And um, when he was actually coming to get me, the afternoon, I remember watering my flowers outside, I was so scared and so nervous. And I think part of it for me was I was so afraid I'd slip back into that role that I had had before my recovery. And I felt so confident in my recovery in a recovery setting and not in a dating setting. And I almost called him and canceled. I thought, I can't do this. You know, I can't do this and um, made another phone call and got through it and we went out and it was a nice date and I can just say, you know, just to actually have a, a sober date, if you will, was a different thing for me. It was very different. Um, so anyway, so we started going out, but it was very slow. You know, he'd call me once a week. I'd see him at work, you know, and we'd run into each other. Oh, hey, how you doing? And and we anyway ended up going out, and um, again, and I'll say, I guess this thing started to, you know, we went out every weekend then, as opposed to you know just talking at work, and and it kind of started to regress. Well, I ended up being in the grocery store, and and actually by this time I had pretty much decided. Hadn't talked about him with it, but that we were dating exclusively. It just kind of, you know, things were going well and we were getting along and, um, and I was enjoying his company a lot. And, um, I was at the grocery store and ran into this guy again that I had known from before and he, um, asked me out for coffee. And I was like, oh yeah, sure, I'll go out for coffee with you, you know, like automatically sort of into that, of course, I'm never going to turn down a date kind of thing. And, and, it, and then I had to stop and it was kind of embarrassing. I said, oh, no no, I can't go out for coffee, because I realized I was dating this, you know, I was already in a relationship that was starting to develop, and that was new for me, too, because, and I was just so grateful for my recovery, because without having had the tools, I would have gone out with that guy, because he asked, and then I wouldn't have told this other guy, and it just, that would have been my life before my recovery, and, um... And I felt really good when I left the grocery store, even though I tripped over my words and I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, yeah, I can't go out with you now. <laughs> you know? no, no, I can't. I'm um, sorry. Bye. <laughs> and um, anyway, and it was just kind of neat how that my recovery, my healing had kind of worked. And anyway, so we dated for a while and, and things continued to get serious. And I knew early on that I was falling in love with him. And the funny thing was is um, he didn't meet my type of what I thought I would get married to. <laughs> um, but one of the things my sponsor had also asked me to do before I started dating was to make a list of what I really wanted, qualities that I really wanted in a in a partner, in a life partner. And so I did that. And then she asked me to write. After I did that, we talked about it. She asked me to write down what I qualities that I had to give to someone, which actually turned out to be a lot harder for me um, to do. And it's, um, Chris is my husband's name. As we started dating, um, a really good friend of mine, she's like, you've gone out with this guy for, like, a couple months now, haven't you? And I said, yeah. And she's like, yeah, have you looked at your list? I was like, no, I hadn't even thought about it. So anyway, I got my list out, and it was pretty neat that most everything I had written down um, on that list, quality-wise, was really who he was. And um, And I just thought, what a gift that was from God to me that um whether you know, I got you know, whether we'd gotten married or not, but that he paid attention to that list and he cared about that list enough to bring someone into my life that,
4: you know, had a lot of those qualities that I was looking
2: for. Um and I will say we're both older and uh you know, it just didn't take that long. I guess it took I guess five or six months before I really thought this is probably gonna be the one. And he'd mentioned out of the blue one day where I'd like to go on a honeymoon if I went on a honeymoon. And I was like ah, I know. <laughs>
4: honeymoon, we haven't talked about getting
2: married. Um so then I was really obsessed for a while about him asking me to marry him. When's he gonna be gonna ask him? what was that going to look like? And of course it took him four more months, but um that was okay. <laughs> um what else was I gonna say about that time period. Oh, as far as telling him about my recovery I guess once he started, like, coming over and eating dinner, we'd eat dinner together, Um, I've got the serenity prayer all over my (laughs) house and several different things on my refrigerator. And so I don't know how we got onto the subject, but I basically mentioned to him probably two or three months into the relationship that I, or into our dating, that I was in a 12-step program. And I really didn't want to tell him which one. Um, and so I didn't, you know. It was okay to just say that. He didn't ask any questions, and we just kind of went on for a while. And then, I guess, as we um, got challenged by the physical aspect of it, you know, and when you, know, your first kiss and holding hands and what are you going to do and what are you not going to do? And, of course, he had not been in recovery, so he was a little taken aback, I think, by the fact that I was like, whoa, don't want to go there. You <laughs> know, <laughs> don't want to go there right now. And um, and then I ended up telling him about it, and his response was to me when I said, well, you know, I need to tell you that I'm in a recovering program for sexaholics and um, and just try to describe a little bit about what the problem says, kind of. And his first response to me was, oh, I was afraid that's what it was. And I was like, oh, no, you know, it's all over. But as we talked about it, what I um, realized is he didn't understand the only experience he'd had with anything revolving around essay was the fact that um, it was on a Seinfeld episode, and George or Jerry or somebody was dating a recovering sexaholic. Well, let me just tell you, that <laughs> description and that portrayal is not what our recovery is really about. So, so we had he had some things to learn too about what that was like, and um, and it was hard, and we kind of had to work through that. It was hard for him at first, you know. To, I guess the connotations of what that brings up. and But by that time already, he knew me. And um and he's been very supportive of me coming to meetings. And, um, of course, then I, as we got together and got engaged and got married, I really tried to find a program that he could go to, too. You know, he really needed to be in one, too, of some kind. Because if I was going to have to do this, he needed to have to do this, and let's find out one for him, you know, kind of thing. Well, the truth is, he doesn't need a program, <laughs> But he'd also done a lot of work on himself before we got married, which is also something I'd really ask God for was someone who'd really worked on themselves and was willing to work on themselves. And um, and I think that's been a true gift in our relationship because he he's very um, open and willing to admitting his faults and his mistakes, and I am also, and that has really been a gift to us. So anyway, we dated. That was like in June or
5: July when we first went out.
2: Um, He asked me to marry him um, in February of the next year, and we got married in June. So uh, that year, and we've been married for almost three years, um, I think some of the hardest things for me today, there have been moments when I wished I was single again, I have to admit. Um, Not when it's really even hard, just I think sometimes when I'm not taking really good care of myself and need some time, downtime. Um, overnights when I wished I could go home and there would be no child there, no there, <laughs> and I'd have the house all to myself. Um, and the neat thing is, is that I can kind of have both. Uh, I can just ask for that today. And so, um, that's also been a gift.
3: Um, let's see, what else was I going to say?
2: Oh, and I think the most challenging thing for me, as far as what Rob was sharing too, about keeping your recovery strong, is I didn't realize adding another person into the equation of my life, what that would mean for my time, and then getting married and adding a family into that, a whole other family, and then having a child and all that that adds into it. And it's been a real struggle for me to balance out my life. Sometimes I think I could be a really good mom and really confident in that if that was all I had to do, or I could be a really good wife and really confident in that if that was all I had to do, or a good employee, or, you know, a great individual, and and um, but I don't know how to do them all at the same time. <laughs> so that's um, one of the biggest challenges, I think, that we have today and in our busy life. Um, with some of the decisions that we've made as a couple, you know, to just take that time to make sure that we continue to connect. Um, so I guess that's, that's about it for my side, and we we'll open it up to any questions or Anything else y'all would like to know? We all helps?
1: know how to not do it right and healthy, so <laughs> we're we'll open up to discuss uh, hopefully how we can do it in different ways, and, uh, or if anybody has a way that they've tried. or.
2: I will say, too, I would like to add. Invali- My sponsor was invaluable, and an invaluable source of resource and information, and gratefully, she just happened to do, to go through the same process about a year before I did, um, which was a tremendous gift to me. But I couldn't have done it without having that accountability and that connection. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Wear out those phones. Start dating. <laughs> it's, uh, definitely, uh, being in a relationship kind of mirrors my own defects. And, uh, and there's some people that's been married before, so they know exactly, you know, and um, the time thing is definitely a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and for a while I don't do very well with managing time and so there's time where it's like I only can do one or the other and she gets real upset because she feels neglected rightfully so when I just say you know when I say I gotta take care of myself for her it seems like I'm being selfish you know and so we have to talk about that but um,
3: those are important things
1: so mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. Yes,
3: Rob. Did you ever have any? Oh, did you ever have any instances where um, you were dating somebody and you told them about
1: your recovery, where they just totally turned off on it? And um, and they, so how did you deal with that? I did not have a um, a bad experience telling somebody about my recovery. Um, <clears throat> just in general, I'm, I'm kind of private about it, um, and I was real cautious about um, telling my girlfriend about it and. And I knew it was time to tell her when our relationship had progressed and, be, and the intimacy had grown to a part where I felt like if I do not share this with her, I feel like I'm keeping a big secret away from her. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, it's not a big deal. You just kind of go out and hang out. and you know. But as the intimacy grows and I start sharing my life, I just felt like, boy, I have two different lives here. She doesn't know about this whole recovery side of me. So that's when I knew it was the right time to share it. Um, and so um I'm real cautious about who I share it with outside and so um I didn't have necessarily a bad experience um, sharing it with somebody. I don't know if you did, Amy.
2: Actually, I would have to say that I didn't either. Um, And I would concur with Rob as far as I knew when the time was right, almost because I felt the same way. It was like it was time to tell him, and he deserved to know in that sense. And also I wanted to because it felt like two different, you know, I was not living two different lives, but, you know, the dichotomy of not sharing that with him. And I think at that point for me, I didn't really know how he would react, but I trusted where our had intimacy had grown to. That if he didn't, if that wasn't okay, or for whatever reason, I just knew, I, I kind of knew that it would be okay um, because of where we'd gone and how far we you know progressed in those months. So I didn't have don't have a lot to share. I guess on that type
3: nothing.
1: had another question
3: here. No, I didn't have a question. Okay. I didn't really know if I had much to say. The mm-hmm. reason I think sort of because no one else did. Uh, <laughs> I, I always feel like I get a lot out of these meetings about dating, even though I really have not plans to. Uh, I've been sober almost ten years, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not a monk, but I guess I'm kind of living like one. Or mm-hmm. I've I've gone out to coffee and stuff with ladies, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Date, I, well, a bunch of things. I guess. I guess I have some traditional and old-fashioned notions. Of the purpose of uh, of if mar- of or should we get married? The purpose of marriage is to provide an environment for children, and if not going to have children. No point in getting married. I'm not preaching. I'm, I'm just. This is what I kind of feel uh, subjectively for myself, and. Um, but whenever I'm uh, in, in contact with, with ladies, I always realized that uh, you know it's really nice sitting with this lady for a while, drinking
4: coffee and talking. But if it happened um, like continuously, I would start getting
3: lusty. I know I would, and, and uh, you know it, it might go on platonically for a while, but then at some certain point, just some certain situations, some
4: certain setting, would, would, would touch it up. And
3: even if, I don't know, there's always that fear and always that anxiety. And uh, I don't really see any reason to put myself through that. I, I can see the value of uh, learning how to associate. But uh, you said something before about being told, um, learn how to be friends with one well, I don't have that down yet. I mean, I don't. I mean, I've got men that are friends, but I'm not satisfied with my uh, level of friendship with the men. So, you know, maybe maybe before I could uh, could really love a woman and be a, a husband, but if if I wanted that, I think I've got a lot of work to do before that. I don't know. Maybe I've got it all wrong, but I feel, I feel like my life is more peaceful not dating than it would be dating. I just feel like there will be so much anxiety, mm-hmm. a lot of anxiety, plus a really cheap. <laughs> 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 and, and, uh, and I guess I'm not the only one that has uh, uh, gets bewildered well trying to do. Like Will Rogers said, "And don't anyone get offended. I'm sure ladies couldn't reverse this." and Many said, "There's two theories about relating to women's. In one of them works. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, that's certainly the way it's been for me. Um, but anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I came to this meeting. I don't know if that has any uh, pertinence or whatever. but uh, Thanks, Richard.
5: Yes. I'm Catherine thought well, Would it be okay, appropriate if I said something else along those lines?
1: Sure. Absolutely.
5: Um. <clears throat> Frankly, I think I'm, I, if I'm not in the same place that he is, it's, it's even worse. And I get angry because, uh, not, it's not a rational anger, but when I hear people talk who are able to wait, who are able to sit in a day and not obsess about sex, but I mean, I have progressed far enough to accept that, that that's my faith, or that's my story, or whatever. But um, I'm 61 now, and as I said in the last meeting, I started therapy at 19. Mm -hmm. And um, somebody also said something in in that other meeting about if you're not really, how did it go? If you're not really ready to give up lust, the program's not going to work for you. And my anxiety, or my inner loneliness or whatever. is still so strong. I mean, I'm still flirting after being in the program since 1984. And it makes me a bump in the road of Atlanta, S.A., I feel like. Um But, I mean, you know, what am I supposed to do? Show myself? Or go out and, and get AIDS and die or something? Um, it's a real struggle. Uh, you said something about women being competition. I have a a, a woman sponsor now, and sometimes I think the only reason she's still with me is because of her own determination. <laughs> because I can get needy, or I can get yeah, but like every suggestion she makes, yeah, but. So uh, we have made some progress. I'm very grateful for this woman for her her commitment. If it's not to me, her commitment to being a sponsor. Um, but like I say, I get I get angry when I see other people other people's lives moving faster, <clears throat> even though we're SAs and it's not smooth and easy. <laughs> um, and the thing is, I thought I wanted to be married more than anything. When I reached puberty, the idea of having a soulmate, I mean just dating myself, uh, meant more to me than anything because it was going to resolve my loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, but what <clears throat> I finally had to admit was I mean, this is levels of denial. That if marriage was really what I really wanted more than anything, then who would have picked somebody to marry, you know? Mm -hmm. I could have found some poor sucker who who would have married me. Um, But but the thing is, I think think my fears unconsciously kept me. I, I even came up with a cute little thing. I... The unattainable and avoided the attainable. In other words, if some guy showed some interest in me, well, he he was drab, or he wasn't smart enough, or he wasn't rich enough, or he didn't have enough glamour, or whatever. Um, So I may I may have said everything. Um, To me, I guess it's only God that uh, keeps me working because
1: part of me wants to stay the hell with it and, you know, do something self-destructive, so I admit that it is a long, it's a long, hard road for something. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Catherine. Thank i just say something along that, it, um, both Richard and Catherine, um, that for myself, I, I kind of went to the other extreme, you know, when I came in the program, it's like I just shut down. I almost became sexual anorexic, and so it wasn't it wasn't that hard to not date and it was really struggled to get that started. And I really have to work in my sponsor because if I'm with my girlfriend and I feel excited to be around her, you know, um, those sexual feelings, I feel like, Oh, yeah. am I lusting? Am I, is this healthy, unhealthy, you know, and I have all this fear about my addict coming in and taking over. And so my sponsor is really good at affirming that, uh, you know, God made me as a sexual being, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are healthy and appropriate ways to express that, you know? Um, and, and so that, that has been something that I've had to kind of just constantly wear out the phone with my sponsors. Like, a, you know, Oh, we, we kissed a lot tonight, you know, am I sober? You know, yeah. I mean that kind of stuff. And, oh, yeah. um, and another thing as far as that I, I understand the lonely part, I, I really had the desire to be married and that loneliness and that desire, you know, and, um, I, I firmly believe, it. I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, marriage is not two two people that are partial coming together and making a whole. You know, um, for myself, I have to be a complete person. It's two complete people coming together. And, um, you know, that's what recovery has given me a chance to kind of become a complete person, so to speak. And so, um, I don't know.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I think we had MC or? I have mm-hmm. Uh huh.
3: And I feel weird sharing because I feel like I'm, I'm not,
2: you know, allowed to be in this meeting I have less than a year, actual, mm-hmm. Friday, much, much love. Um, but I, I've heard a lot of, really things. thanks for sharing, Rob, but um, I actually really got a lot out of Amy and related to where um,
3: you were. And I, I do think I have three pertinent things to share though, even though mm-hmm. I have no business dating.
2: Um, you know, part of it is I work two programs, and so as I got closer to a year in one
5: program, I thought, it well, doesn't matter if I have no time in that I, you know, I'm, I'm hitting the deadline in the other one. Mm-hmm. And
3: um,
5: when I started dating with someone
3: two months ago, I lost all of my energy I had in any program, because obviously I wasn't
2: ready. And the beautiful thing that my higher power is, one of the things I appreciate you guys shared about going to dinner with people in the program, um, you know, I... When I first started going to dinner on Saturday, I was going to there was a guy that I was attracted to, and I thought, oh, this would be really nice if he and I were dating. and we could come with everyone and
5: be together. And I was able to say, this is really nice, and we're not dating. I don't need him to go home with me to know that I'm having fun with my friends here. Mm-hmm. And I slowly started to be filled just by having friends mm-hmm. and learning to relate to men. You know, my attractions come and go, like, you know,
3: in an instant, and seeing where they're coming from and why, are people triggering like uh, a
2: brother, or sister, or whatever, or this um, business, just all about a learning time. And you know, my mom's her two rules, shit, and all stuff. She had me a couple months ago write a list of a hundred reasons I'm not. I'm glad I'm not in a relationship. And when I start getting, sad, I look at those. I never wrote a hundred reasons why I wish I was.
4: I just focus. You know, I'm not cleaning up after someone.
0: I don't have to make dinner for anybody tonight. And I'm really happy and I can go with my friends. And
2: focusing on that has really made a difference that I have never known. And the other thing she had me do when I was dating this guy, I could be totally sane. I could talk to Amy or someone on the phone, be normal. But then this guy would call and I would just become psychotic. You know, my emotions weren't crazy. She suggested I have a 12 hour delay. Like every time I send an email or call, um, wait 12 hours because in 12 hours, what I wanted to say has changed the
5: mm-hmm. And
2: at first, I was just doing—you mm-hmm. know—I was just reacting in emotion and learning to sort of slow down. You know, it's okay if we don't talk And I am a better person when I do things for me. You know, when I go to meetings and I blow everything off, just spend every
3: second with you, um, then I'm happier and healthier. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe you're not. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, MC. Good. I appreciate yes. it. Uh, my name is Rick. And You're right. Hi, Rick. Hi, Rick. I'm like really delirious, so is it okay if I'm talking? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> so if I say something, just tell me to shut
4: up. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing do it. Um,
3: I, I don't know how to do this, man. I'm kind of, like, confused. I, you know, I'm clean and sober in a different fellowship. I got, you know, like, nine years And, uh, you know, I know the recovery process. The thing that I, I don't know how to do is I look at all my relationships to my life and everything, and I don't, I don't know, like, what the difference is between lust and love. You know, uh... Not I don't really see my relationships actually really being healthy if I look at it as a, in, in a recovery aspect. But then I look at it as in, like, well, maybe that's the way it should be, that's the way it's supposed to be, aspect, you know, maybe it's healthy. You know, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, the thing that's been taking me out lately, I've, I've been in Nashville for a little over a year and I've met a gal here. And, uh, you know, I really liked her. I still do really like her. You know, and it was like my first gay date that I did in Nashville. You know, and I spent three years by myself to work on myself. Prior to this, I thought I had it down. I thought I knew who Rick was and everything like this. So I go out with this gal and, and and it was cool and you know see, and here it goes again you know I mean through the through the lust thing I felt like I was falling in love does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. and then so I thought this is the way it is and it's cool and that's fun and uh, you know and then my my character defects kind of like and I don't know if this, is, if, if this is for real either. You know, from what I am, you know, she dumped me, which is another thing. Like, I've never been dumped before in my life, and I'm 47 years old. So it's like the first one. And, you know, and I didn't know how to deal with that either. It's like, you know, my ego took a hit big time.
0: And, uh,
3: you know, I look at I'm trying to, you know, I dissect and analyze all this stuff, and I'm thinking, you know, well, this. You know, as my character defects got in the way of this relationship, and I got insecure. You know, I got, like, real clingy. You know, uh, I wanted to be around all the time. You know, and the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, it freaked her out. It scared her away. You know, and, and then through this whole day, you the breakup thing is the nursing that I was, like, knew that is, like, you know, what's this thing about, you know, let's just make it go away so I'm not gonna i not gonna call you things. So like where I come from, if you're gonna add something, you put closure to it. You know, so wait and wait and wait for phone calls and return, they will return phone calls and stuff it's driving me nuts man. You know? And uh, you know, I got into the whole thing about blaming myself, but, you know, that I really miss and you know, I'm not a girl. You know, I ruined really it, and, and uh, I, she didn't mean it. And I didn't mean anything to, to her. She didn't return my calls, and, and uh, you know everything that she told me was bullshit.
4: You know, she told me that she loved me, you know, and all this stuff like this. I mean, am
3: I making any sense? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so. You know, I don't, and so now I feel heartbroken, and, I, and it's literally a physical pain that I'm feeling, and, and I never felt this before. And, and, I, and it's like I linger around and, and my body literally aches. I mean, my chest literally hurts. And I'm just like totally bummed out, you know. And uh, so I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm just I'm trying to convey that. I
1: don't know how to, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. It is, there's a tough distinction between lo- love and lust. And, uh, my whole life in my dating stuff, I thought, well, the further we go physically, that means we're more in love. You know, that's just how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when you get to a point physically, then it's time to get married. You know, I thought that's the progression. Um, and sometimes it's hard for me to just define, as I said earlier, but, uh, I, Sometimes I, I just know if I feel like I'm taking, you know, um, then that's that's most likely lust. If I feel like I'm present and I'm able to give, then that's most likely love. Um, and and so that, that is a, a tough distinction um, as far as I go. I don't know if you had any experience mm-hmm.
2: with that. Well, I think one thing that kept coming to my mind, what I heard when I first got into recovery, when I would share, would just they keep coming back. You know, keep coming back. And, the, and it the answers will come, or if it'll, the light bulbs will start going off as I set through more meetings and listened um, to more people share. And I guess the other thing that I was reminded of is what withdrawal looked like for me when I first got into recovery and um, didn't date, didn't um, try not. I swear, I could not even look at a guy, I had to keep my head like this. For those first six months, I was afraid to even look up and make eye contact with someone or I would try to get a hit off of them is the best way I can describe it. Um, And that was the most, for me, it was the most painful time. And I wanted to say that pain was real. It was an emotional pain for me and it was a physical pain. I cried every day for six months, six months straight every single day. And I thought, oh, my God, will this ever end? And, um, of course, made a lot of phone calls, came to a lot of meetings. And... um, one time, well, I remember one time it was just so bad I just asked God for a little reprieve from it. I said, "Just, you know, I, I got to have a reprieve. I cannot stand this anymore. This pain." And I had one for a few hours, and then it came back. <laughs> but I kept coming back, and I, you know, I kept coming back, and I kept going to meetings, and I kept making phone calls. So that's, I guess, what I have to offer on that.
1: I guess for me, it's uh, um, as far as being comfortable with myself, what. I've had a lot of obsessive relationships, you know, where I just obsessed about this person and I call and leave messages, and, you know, it's crazy when I look back on it. But uh, kind of the defining moment for me is when I realized I don't need my girlfriend in my life, you know. Um, I desire to have her in my life, but I don't need her. You know, if, if I really need somebody in my life, then I cannot really love them because I always be afraid of, uh, am I going to say something and they'll, and they'll leave me? Are they going to run away? I'm going to hurt their feelings? If I really need somebody, you know, for me, that's how I feel. Then, you know, I can't really love them, you know, because I need to have my needs. That person can't feel my needs, you know. And so that's kind of one thing I found.
2: I also, I guess, would like to add, too, onto that, um, as far as not knowing how to do it and not knowing what to do. I still don't know how to do relationships all the time. That's why I have um, friends in recovery to call. And, and my husband and I have actually been in couples counseling.